0: welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most urgent topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 156th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 579th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, January 30th, 2020. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment.
1: And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Martin takes the shot. Oh,
0: a late game meltdown at home against Maryland and another second half collapse on the road at Penn State do not reflect well on Indiana's upperclassmen, the players that you need to be able to count on to bring you home in such situations. So it goes without saying that Indiana is going to need more from Devontae, Duran, Justin, and Al over the next five weeks if the NCAA tournament drought is to end. But on the bright side, as we continuously assess what players on the current roster might be building blocks toward the next great Indiana team, we got some encouraging flashes from a number of underclassmen this week. First off, Trace is Trace. After a rough four-game stretch during which he scored in double figures only once, Trace has been in double digits in each of the last four games, averaging 14.3 points and eight rebounds per game. He's already rock solid and has legitimate All-American potential depending on how long he stays in school. What about the other guys? Well, against Michigan State, Race Thompson delivered the best stretch of minutes that he's played in his career. Four points, four boards, and assist, two blocks, and two steals, all in 11 minutes. It's a sign of the disruptive physical force he can be for Indiana. Unfortunately, he took a hard fall and hasn't played since, because of course. Against Maryland, Jerome Hunter finally had the breakout performance that we've all been waiting for. He scored 12 points, hit three threes, grabbed four boards in 27 minutes. That's a sign of the lethal, versatile scoring option he can be for Indiana. Unfortunately, he fell ill prior to the Penn State game and didn't play because, of course. Against Nebraska, Michigan State, and Maryland, Armand Franklin delivered key stretches of offensive production and defensive awareness that either keyed Indiana runs or thwarted opposing momentum. It was a sign of the Swiss Army knife that he can be for Indiana. Unfortunately, he was just as productive as the rest of Indiana's guards against Penn State. And you can even throw Rob Finnessy in there, too, while acknowledging that he needs to be better. Rob struggled mightily against Penn State, but did average a respectable seven points and five assists per game in the previous three while playing good defense against two of the Big Ten's best point guards. As for Demezi Anderson, well, unfortunately, the offseason talk of a sophomore year breakout still hasn't materialized yet for Demezi. This Indiana team seems destined to be up and down for the rest of the season. That just seems to be baked into this roster's DNA, but if these young players can continue to progress, it will have a major impact on Indiana's ability to make the NCAA tournament this season and to get the program back on more solid footing moving forward. All right, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. Andy is off tonight. He realized that he needed a break from talking IU hoops when his reaction to his daughter missing a long two-pointer was to yell, damn it, Devontae, and then turn to his bench and angrily call for Cooper Bybee to get in the game. All the girls just looked at him like he was insane, which technically he was. So, Andy, get a good night's rest. Please uh, come back to us refreshed next week. Anyway, here with me tonight, to my left.
2: He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play
1: hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's Tansoni time. I put the ass in assembly. It's Coach
0: Brian Tonsoni. Coach, what's on your mind? You're muted, Coach. <laughs> Coach, you're muted.
1: I got it. I had to shift. <laughs> that, that's par for the course in the in the meltdown of of but everything. Just
0: casual, <laughs> casual microphone that was, control. That was over a
1: there. Casu- Yeah, exactly. Um, not mentally tough uh you know indiana's in in, in, um played a rough game and and it was just bad performance and and that is a a program-wide thing and there's probably responsibility that can go uh just about everywhere uh it did follow though and i will remind people uh three solid efforts um one that did come up short so that that's not you know moral victories don't count but yet the, the pattern of play has been better um, in the last five or six games. And, and I just ask people to keep that uh, in mind while while you struggle with the, the incredible bad play. Um, so focus on the body of work. I'll, I'll recall, go back and listen to Chad Schwartzkoff's comment yesterday in in. I thought it was really good about the floor and the ceiling for this team. And I just think that the floor is a lot lower than I wanted it to be or I want it to be or I thought it would be in the offseason. Probably with my rose-colored glasses thought this team would be better. And the ceiling is you beat some good teams at home. And so I think that um, I'm trying to keep that in mind and, and trying to keep calm, even though uh, the, the game yesterday was uh, inexcusable. Uh, the body of work is 15-6, and six. most uh, seed uh, uh I mean, most bracketologists have seven, eight, or nine, and the bubble is awful. So deep breath, Indiana fans, uh, point out what was wrong uh, because you're probably right, but we're okay, um, at least for now, uh, and we can complain later if it continues.
0: And to my right, he is a senior writer for the big lead. His mom makes great tiramisu uh, and writes great cookbooks, we just found out before the, uh, the show started, uh, and he promises to honor the memory of Kobe Bryant by bringing a Mamba Mentality to every post-game rant for the rest of this season. I have fully gone to the dark side. Ryan, what is your rant this week? God, you're muted, too. Just start I know, the I'm show having over. trouble with just it, start, too. I, what is I going on here?
2: Have, hey, you know what? After last this night, like we're, live allowed ball turnovers. Down, we're allowed to have a down God. stretch here.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I, you, I, see, I need, to, I need to be able to bench <laughs> both of you right now. Exactly. Well,
2: our, our coach does the walk-ons. bench guys when they're not playing well. God. So. No, I'm going to talk about that, though, in my rant. And And... and it looks like with this, we've talked about the four-guards set and, and, and how there's four guards, or four guards on this team really who can play in, in Armand Franklin, Devontae Green, uh, Al Durham, and Rob Finnessy. And there are just going to be games where they get nothing from those guys. I and mean, there just are. That's, that's, gonna, that's, that's been the pattern is there are games where those guys are just going to tank and just not play well. And you know what? Quite frankly, it's gotten to the point where it's happening enough. Archie Miller needs to be able to look down that bench and find somebody else. Because there are games where these guys aren't going to perform. I realize those guys might not be as athletic. They might not be as good defensively, but there are guys on that bench who really want to play for Indiana and who will put forth the effort. Even if they're a lower grade than the guys you get on the floor, their effort and intensity will cancel some of that out. And even if it's for a two minute stretch, you send the message that just because you're a scholarship player doesn't mean that you get to play in Indiana. And if you don't put forth the effort, intensity, and toughness, as my friend Coach Tonsoni over there talks about, if you don't put that forward, you're not going to play, and I'd rather have that guy on the floor. That needs to start happening because right now those four players know that no matter what they do, they're going to be in the rotation the next game because there's no other option. It's a thin backcourt. And when this backcourt plays like garbage, as it did last night, there needs to be a threat of, no, we don't need you anymore. We're going to go get that guy, and I'd rather lose with that guy than who's less talented than lose with you out there. That needs to happen because we're at the point with this backcourt where you know two of the guys in the backcourt are upperclassmen and captains, and they're not producing for you, and they're not. Look, I'm not as down as Al Durham on Al Durham. Because I at least feel like most of the time, while he's not a great on-ball defender, while he doesn't show up offensively all the time, at least I see effort out there. And at least I see him, you know, every other game at least going hard and trying to pump his teammates up and things like that. I don't see that from Devontae Green. And and I don't see play that's good for the team from Devontae Green. And so there needs to be a message sent at this point. And, and halfway through that second half last night, it should have been sent. And so Archie Miller... Well, I think that as, as coach Don Sony said, the body of work this year is pretty darn good. And they had a stretch of some really good games. At some point you got to send that message because we've seen this for several years from these guys and it's time to start sending a message and it's time to start holding them accountable for what they're doing and holding them accountable for that play, because it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable to them and it, it should be unacceptable to their teammates and their coaches as well. Thank you.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to talk about this week. We'll take a quick look ahead to this weekend's game against Ohio State, which is looming quite large now that Indiana's on a two-game losing streak. What can be done about Indiana's long stretches of casual and unfocused play? Ryan gave you a little preview there, but we're going to talk about that in segment two. Then we got a whole bunch of questions from you, and so we will obviously delight in answering those in segment number three. All of that coming on this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Before we get to all of that, a quick reminder about tickets. If you are looking for tickets to IU basketball games, For the remainder of the season, either home or away, and once March comes and you're thinking about going to the tournament, SeatGeek is the place to look. They deliver the best ticket buying experience with their website and app, and they also will help you identify the best ticket value so that you get the best possible seat for your money. And best of all, you get $10 off your first purchase with the promo code ASSEMBLY. So, use the URL iutickets.shop. That's iutickets.shop because it will take you directly to the IU basketball ticket listing on SeatGeek. And then use the promo code ASSEMBLY when you purchase so that you can get $10 off your first purchase. And also, don't forget, coming up on Saturday, February 8th, we are going to be in Bloomington for the IU-Purdue game. And following that game at Switchyard Brewery, it is podcast on the drink, which is what we're calling it. Uh, It's our joint live show with Crimson Cast. We're going to do an IU-Purdue live post game show. It's going to be really fun. Obviously, it gives us a chance to meet you, talk to you. Thank you for being a member of the Assembly Call audience. So if you can get there to Switchyard Brewery after the game, please come join us. If you can't but you're going to be at the game, let us know because we'd love to see you, meet you, shake your hand. Uh, But we will be in town February 7th through the 9th. So as many of you as we can meet and say hi to, we would certainly love to do that. All right, gentlemen, let's talk IU-Ohio State. This is an Ohio State team that reached number one in the country in Kenpom on December 29th. Since then, they are 2-6. and six. One of those losses was that home game at Indiana. Uh, they are ranked 56th in Torvik during that stretch. So the 56th best team in the country since December 29th when they were number one. Their only wins during that stretch are over Northwestern and Nebraska- they are starting to play a little bit better. They lost on a last-second shot to Minnesota, then pounded Northwestern on the road. So anytime you win on the road in the Big Ten, it's at least something. But suspensions and injuries have hurt. And coach, I saw a tweet from Adam Jardy, an uh, uh, Ohio State beat writer. He said, Buckeyes coach Chris Holtman didn't want to get specific, but said the team is dealing with injuries to multiple players and said this is a big week for them to get back to health.
2: You
1: know,
0: obviously, I say rest them all. Rest all those guys know. till
2: after the weekend. Jared, I'm not sure if you just saw like literally as you were doing that ad read they announced that d j carton won't play on Saturday too so oh. which i uh, I that
0: is I'm gonna take that as a positive for Indiana although we did turn the ball time, over seven he's taking times. time
2: for a personal issue, so good luck you know we we okay. wish him well hope he's we okay, but uh he will not play on on
0: Saturday we do no, and we wish all of those guys well i'm you know I'm, I'm kidding but uh, you know, Coach, as you look at this game for Indiana, it's big for both teams. You know, Ohio State needs to get going; they're three and six in the conference. Indiana obviously needs a win. You know, I think you should see two pretty desperate teams fighting, scratching, clawing for this victory because it's a really big one.
1: Well, it's it's really big um, for Indiana to not get into a losing streak because that's the only thing really that can derail their NCAA tournament hopes. Uh, you you want to count on winning at home against Purdue and IU, but the Big Ten is tough, and you can't count on that. Uh, so that makes it big for Indiana. If they could split on the road, it, it makes it a little more uh, easy to take what happened the other night, uh, if that is at all possible. Uh, but I think it's even bigger from a bracketology standpoint for Ohio State to lose at home against an Indiana, um, and your only win in about five games is Northwestern. That really puts Ohio State uh, uh, behind uh, yeah, behind the eight ball as it heads further further down the, the seed list. So. Um, you know, I, I, yes, it's a big game. It's on the road. I'm not expecting road wins anymore, just so I don't really totally lose everything and my sanity. Uh, and so if we get one or two, uh, I'll just be jumping for joy. And um, so, yeah, big game for sure. And, and I think Indiana can win every game on their schedule. I think they can lose every game on their schedule, too. And we just don't know until we see what happens on, on that particular game day.
0: It's kind of where I'm at. I'm not expecting road wins. But at this point, I am expecting better road efforts. You know, I'm expecting better than what we saw against Penn State. We might lose to Ohio State, but we better go up there and make it a 40-minute game, you know, and actually compete well and have something to walk away from that game feeling good about. No more of this just being completely non-competitive in the second half. I mean, that that stuff just has to stop, Ryan. As you look at this game, and obviously we saw what Indiana did to beat Ohio State in the first game, what do you think are going to be the keys to victory to do it again?
2: They're going to have to pound the ball inside. They're going to have to get inside. They're going to have to get to the free-throw line because you can pretty much bank on them on the road not shooting it very well, and so they're going to have to pound the ball inside and and score points in the paint and just absolutely bludgeon Ohio State in the paint, hold uh, Wesson down a little bit, and then guard the three make sure they don't get bombed on from, from deep. And um, that's really all that that, that's it right there. They can't Ohio state will not be able to repeatedly beat Indiana inside with anybody, but Wesson. So you try and contain Wesson to a degree, make sure he doesn't get hot from deep like Jalen Smith did. And you, you know, which I don't expect him to, but then you also guard the three, make sure their guards don't get hot because if the guards get hot at home, get comfortable, they'll start hitting threes and, and, Then, you know, again, Indiana, it's hard for Indiana to come back from behind consistently when you think about it if another team is shooting well because they do it two at a time and another team can get three. You you know, I mean, so it's they have to really shut – if they're behind, they have to shut the other team down completely to come back. They can't get a lot of cheap points on trips where they're doing three to two uh, with teams. It's just not the way they're built. And so what you need to do is you need to establish things inside – get some calls, which they didn't get against Penn State. I mean, to their credit, the, the post guys worked their tails off at Penn State in stretches and didn't get any calls. I thought Deron Davis played really well. I thought Trace Jackson Davis did everything he could and got no help all night. And and while on the other end, the Penn State at home was getting the calls you get at it's home. It's one
0: of the perils of Indiana's strategy, as we talked about before the show it went is. live. If, you know? if
2: you're not getting calls, I mean, the fact that he only shot two free throws in the second half against Penn State with how physical that game was inside, it was ridiculous if you want, if you only if you want to call it that way, that's fine, but you gotta, as coach and I talked about before the air, you're fine with that if they do that both ways. But that was clearly not the case last night. Um, and Joey Bronk and those guys got in foul trouble, they can't do that. The interior guys in the, on this team cannot get into foul trouble. And, and I think, it, it, um,
1: Joey and Duran battling down low against Wesson, they did a good job. Uh, Joey really did a good job, but the pick-and-pop option for Wesson is always a concern with Joey and and Duran as well. And as we've seen, that has just given us fits all night long or all year long, so that I would, if I'm Ohio State, I'd move him in, then move him back out and try to mix it up against Indiana's uh, what I thought was good Interior post defense against Ohio State the first time.
2: Which again makes it so you might have to put Trace on Wesson at times because he's a little better on the floor. A guy you really miss. I mean you hate putting an inexperienced guy on a guy like Wesson but a guy you really miss is Race Thompson who can guard on the perimeter so hopefully he's healthy. We don't know. We've we've heard nothing about Race um, and really nothing about Jerome. We're just all assuming Jerome's sick and that seems to be what everybody was led to believe. Um, But Indiana's really tight-lipped with the injuries they always are um but i think that as far as this game goes indiana has to dominate in the paint that's where they're gonna win is it? And, and that's the the recipe it doesn't matter who they play for the rest of the year that has to be the recipe they have to and someone's got to shoot well
0: i mean that's yeah you know Devontae and rob both shot well in that first game against ohio state someone's gonna have yes. to make some shots too yeah rob hit you know? three
2: in the first what like five minutes of that game or first yeah, six minutes got of us that game. going so it, and it also opened up the floor because every time Rob got the ball after that, they had to be cognizant of him shooting it. So Devontae's yeah, played
0: defended, well before there too. That's one thing you look at with guys: have they had success in a road venue? He should have some comfort there because he, you know, he's had a, a big game there before. Maybe that's something that can help spur him on.
2: Yeah, and I think and Al Durham's got to got to get off more shots. I mean, he hit one of one against Penn State in the first half, and then just kind of disappeared after that in the first half, and and. That's a guy who, if he gets his feet set, should be shooting. And 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 he's been better lately. And he's going to have to make Devont- some.
1: Devontae's had four good games in the last twelve, so that's one out of three. So <laughs> he might be. He might be. You never know when that when that pop bottle is going to shake and explode. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you find out, but
2: yeah, maybe. All, maybe I mean, you run maybe, him out there right? and you see. You know, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I think we all I think we all agree the recipe for the rest of the season is going to be the same. It's going to be scoring inside and getting the free throw line. That's what this team was built to do. That's what they have to do. Guys, obviously, you have to make a shot here and there to keep the other team honest. You have to drive from the perimeter. Rob Finnessy was doing a lot of side-to-side, east-west dribbling against Penn State. And Penn State's an athletic, pretty good defense. And so, you know, you understand that it might have been harder to find creases and seams, but you got to force that action sometimes. Get up the floor. Get in the lane, even if you don't make a shot. Get foul, go to the free throw line reset the offense all of those things. So, um you just you got to start going north south instead of east west if you're on the perimeter and you got to pound the ball inside.
0: And just a reminder the post game show should be pretty fun. We have Mark Titus uh from Titus and Tate Fame. Great he will the Mark great thanks. the great Mark Titus, he will be joining us. He's been on the show before, uh but he'll be joining us uh for that. We got to remember to tell him that that's live on the radio. <laughs> Watch the language for the post game oh, yeah show. We need to re- yes, we need to remember that. I yes.
2: Have you messed that up before? <laughs> no we've done
0: a pretty good job with that i think but right. let's let's make sure so i think are you going to be there saturday because i think andy and coach are both out
2: yeah is i can be if you unless you just want to do a two get two man weave with uh with titus i know he he takes up a lot of the air in the room for good reasons so it <laughs> no. depends, depends what you want to do no i mean just just winding him up and letting him go is fun so yeah i'd love to be on it but i i'd understand if if people just want to hear Mark Titus No, no, no.
0: No, I think okay. get, get we'll wind both of you up, and then we'll see what happens. All right, happens. good. And it'll, be, it'll, be fun. It'll,
2: be, it'll be fun. I'll wear the IU hat. He can wear the Ohio State one, and we'll just
0: go. Or if Indiana wins, he can just switch to an IU hat and change his allegiance back to
2: his childhood allegiance of Indiana. So, uh, All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully he and Tate are going back to Maui next year, and everybody can meet him. Oh, that's true that is true all right uh coming
0: up gentlemen let's talk about the issue that has frustrated iu fans more than anything uh when the team loses like it did on wednesday night the bouts of poor focus and effort that seem to just snowball in the second halves of games why and what can be done about it we'll discuss stick with us here on the assembly talk.
1: What's going on? It's Christian Waffle. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Christian.
0: Welcome back to the Assembly Call. You can find all of our content at our website, assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to join the chat mob chat mobbers. during our unedited live broadcast or watch those replays and see all of the Between Segment banner, then check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And guys, let's talk about these stretches of just kind of poor, casual, unfocused play that we've seen from Indiana and talk about it in terms of what can be done about it. So I want to preface this conversation with a couple things. I think we all agree this year's IU team has a lot of skilled deficiencies: lack of shooting, inconsistent ball pressure, inability to consistently feed the post, although, you know, getting better at that um, and on down the line. This year's team also has some roster deficiencies, you know, no go-to creator on offense, only four ball handlers, no natural leadership among the upperclassmen, etc. So, we know that it's an imperfect team. But the deficiency that most consistently frustrates Indiana fans seems to be the one that should theoretically be most within the players and coaches ability to control. And that is these frequent and extended periods of unfocused and casual play. That we see from this year's team and that we became accustomed to, unfortunately, from last year's team as well. And, you know, the issue isn't just that these stretches of unfocused and casual play happen because they happen to all teams. The issue is the frequency because it seems abnormal and it's frighteningly predictable, especially in road games. So do we, you know, Coach, Ryan, I just want to make sure that we're operating kind of under the same assumptions here. Do you agree with everything that I just said?
1: In Absolutely, terms of issues for this um, team. It, it. There, there is no excuse for it, and there, the. I'm, I'm big on responsibility. The coach has responsibility to try to fix it. The players themselves have some individual responsibility to try to fix it. And right now. Uh, on the road, it's not being fixed. At home, it's a whole different ball game. And this team shows that they're capable of playing with that focus and 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 the right levels of energy. It is really difficult to uh, appreciate a team that at the nine-minute mark just kind of stops playing. Uh, and and then I will say to to everyone, there's just different ways to try to go about fixing it. And there's no guarantees there are pluses with benching. there are minuses with benching. There are pluses with letting the guy play out a bad stretch and getting it on film and and busting his rear end in film session then, and there's negatives so i I just have been asking people in my Twitter feed and everything to take it just a real nuanced look at what are all the possibilities with all the different ways of, of 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 trying to fix this and know that there is just no guarantee getting the casual play out of a team. And, and I've had that in our squads. It is very difficult. I've done some good things. I've done some bad things. Um, and sometimes it's a flip of the coin whether what you decide is going to work. It is a lot tougher than deciding zone or man or running this, this play uh, because it's a psychology thing. And, in fact, I think great coaches need to be psychology majors more than basketball majors. And we're just in the middle of a funk when we travel. Uh, But the responsibility is everywhere, and everyone who's upset with Archie is okay, and everyone who's upset with the players, you're okay to do that. Just be fair and understand that I think Archie wants to fix it, and I think the players ultimately want to fix it, and it's just not getting done.
2: Ryan, do you want to? say anything yeah i mean no i agree with you jared i i just it, the problem is is that when you see patterns emerge consistently over a long period of time and this goes back to last year it goes back to the year before i mean we've seen this repeatedly and it 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 to me it's and and i don't i i agree with with coach it's a shared responsibility a team is not just the coach's responsibility it's the player's responsibility it's the assistant coach's responsibility it's everybody around the team when they say a team it's not a coach over here and then players over here they all got to be in this together, and the only time it works is when there's chemistry between those two parts, that's where you get a championship, You know, is where the team, regardless of their talent level, is on the same level as their coach, and they meld, and it works together. Um, What I'll say is that if you're a coaching staff and you consistently see these patterns play out and you're not changing things, whether it's home, road, wherever, I realize the team has played better at home. Uh, If you see those things changing, and there are those patterns emerging, and you see the same thing happening over and over. You got to change something. And I, I mentioned that in my opening rant. It was put somebody in there who hasn't been in there before. Maybe it sparks something. I know that Ray Thompson would be a good guy to have for energy, uh, but he's not there. Maybe somebody else comes in and for a couple minutes sparks something, takes a charge, or does something, and all of a sudden the rest of the team gets changed up. When you put the same guys back out there over and over and over again, and they do the same thing over and over and over again. You're, it's the definition of insanity you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results you're not going to get different results and that's that's what worries me about the staff what worries me you're right it is an imperfect roster, and there are players who do not fit what Archie Miller wants to do the toughness, the hard nose sort of get on the get on the the deck and fight for every inch you're gonna get. He has players who aren't gonna do that. And and there's recruiting misses, there's other things in there that are, that are the that are to blame for that. You know, guys they went out to really get and didn't get. I mean, that happens, but it's about melding the players you have and, and having them play that way. And guess what? If they don't play that way, you got to go with somebody else. And and so I just think that that you're looking at a team that's exhibiting similar patterns over and over and over again. And you got to do something different because you're just going to get it for the rest of the year we're resigned to that fact that this team's going to do this for the rest of the year and 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 that's not an okay place to be and 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 look you can go back to that maryland game he tried to do something different he had a different lineup sort of on the court at the end of the game like it different it had been that lineup that had played well the last couple games it wasn't like the classic beginning of the season lineup and they kind of screwed up but a couple people were sort of like okay with it. You know, some of the observers were okay with it because they were giving a guy like Jerome a chance to play in crunch time, you know, in a, in a big situation. He made a mistake. He'll learn from that. But at least it wasn't the usual suspects making the same mistakes. That Maryland game was a collapse. There's no way to, to, to delicately put that. It was a horrible, horrible collapse. But at least it wasn't the same pattern of the same guys coasting to the finish of a game over the last five minutes, not giving all they had or, or having a big drought or any of that. It was, it was people just making mistakes and you can live with mistakes. You can't live with lackadaisical play and no right. Heart. Yeah. Just the and, casual and stuff. I,
1: I will just, I'll just bring this up because I do agree with you. Um, but Devante was benched after Northwestern. Uh, he responded really well, as Jared had said in previous shows that he seems to respond really well after benching and he he played 29 minutes and was five of eight from the field and 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 only had one turnover in that. But after that, 15 minutes against Rutgers, 14 against Nebraska, 13 against Michigan State in Indiana's biggest win of the year, 22 in Maryland where he did some things well, and it looked like he played okay, so they, they rode him a little bit He more. played really
0: well in the first half of that game. It's as good as he's played and, in a while. And
1: he, but he had three turnovers, and then 21 and a half against Penn State, and I think the last four minutes were just, hey, this game got out of hand because – you're not playing well. I'm just going to let you go out there and try to work your way out of it. I don't know that I agree with that right. in yeah. the last minutes there. Him.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't um, like
1: it. But no, I okay, him I get no, I get that, and but I don't it's disagree. An it's an opinion. I don't disagree with you, but I'd rather have Rob Finnessy out, Trace Jackson Davis out, because I don't want injuries in those last four minutes sure. of, of those things. So, so that's what I'm saying about there's always another side to doing yeah. that. Um, and my and, point
2: was, and my point was. There's guys on the other end of that bench. You're gonna lose this game. You're down 20. we, we
0: also don't know that those that guys point. are earning time in practice either. We're Maybe assuming because they're, they're walk-ons. So that's you know all of these conversations have to have the caveat that the coaches know more, you know, and but they're there, a there in a practice. No, I, no, and me, I agree. Know. And so but the point the point that I want to make here is that you know on the one hand, coach, a lot of the stuff that you say is true, and there are some definite personality conflicts. It feels like with the upperclassmen guys, you just have guys that are a little bit more prone to kind of being casual, you know, just in the way they play. And you look at scouting reports of Devontae Green, and you read that. I mean, that's stuff that goes way back, and that's not even a guy he recruited. So you've got to deal with that, right? And there's only so much he's going to be able to do. Archie is not just going to make those guys change their personalities, and that is unfair to expect. But, and here's the concern, and Coach, this is kind of what you and I were emailing about (laughs) till like 2 o'clock in the morning (laughs) last night. You know, any team is ultimately a reflection of its coach. And over time, a team is going to reflect what a coach emphasizes and what a coach tolerates. And I think this is going to be especially true for college athletes who are still young adults and who still need discipline and boundaries to develop fully. And we've seen when good, when Indiana teams are good, they have those boundaries and they have that discipline. And so my issue with all of this is that now that we're midway through year 3 You know, if these abnormally prolonged bouts of unfocused and casual play are regularity for a program that has goals of returning to the nation's elite, because we shouldn't be comparing Indiana to the other teams that are in the 30s and 40s of Ken Palm. That's not where we want to be. We want to be up with the elite teams. So if we're, you know, comparing ourselves there, then at a minimum, I think it's fair to wonder if the coach is emphasizing the right things or being too tolerant of the wrong things. And if either of those is the case, you know, and again, we don't know the full picture, so I can't say for sure that it is. We only see these 40-minute snapshots a couple times a week. You know, the question that kind of gnaws at me a little bit, and I'm not saying I know the answer to it, and I'm not saying I'm not fully supportive of Archie because I am, but how can we be confident that the problems will be fixed simply through time and either graduation or attrition when, you know, maybe some of these guys have moved on? And so, you know, coach, to the point that we were making last night, in a micro sense. I understand why Archie was limited last night with what he can do. He's down two front court players. None of the guards are playing well. No lineup combination clicked. You know, his players just didn't hold up their end of the bargain in the second half. And I know he has a better idea of what buttons to try to push than any of us do. But in a macro sense, what I saw over the final two minutes was a bunch of upperclassmen going through the motions to the point where my visceral reaction just watching it was to want to see wholesale lineup changes. Like what Ryan said, even if it's five walk-ons, just get them out there. You know, just to see that a lack of hustle and focus wouldn't be tolerated by the coach whose job it is to be the steward of, you know, the resources and history and standards of IU basketball. And to me, just watching it last night, it felt like everyone coaches included threw the talent over the, over the last couple of minutes. And, you know, I get it. It's a long season. The game was out of reach. But to me, that kind of just give up. And that's how I felt. And and maybe that's not actually what it was, but it's just how I felt watching it on TV. That to me is unacceptable. So, and that's where I just Here's I worry. I game. worry about the standard that's being set. That's it. And I know there's only so much that can be done about it with this team and these guys. But what kind of foundation is being laid? The, that the, that's where I get key, a little worried.
1: The key word was visceral reaction, and, and as people outside of the program, that happens yeah. a lot. Um, and, yeah. and as coaches, and I, fully, you
0: can't, that's I fully understand you, that you, that could be you, an incomplete you, picture.
1: If you coach angry you are going to end up making more mistakes than right decisions. That doesn't mean that that was still the right decision. Because at that point, I do see your point, and I do kind of get it. Uh, when you're down 18, put the walk-ons on, make a statement. But it was just coming off three straight games. And I, I heard a coach – I listen to coaches' podcasts and stuff all the time. I, I want to say it was Izzo uh, on, on Andy Katz or something. And he asked, when you lose a game uh, like you do to Purdue – do you go to practice, put the, you know, the trash bins on and run them? That's just how it was when I grew up. You, were, you knew you were in for a horrible time, scaring us out of playing that way again. And it was Izzo or some coach said, no, honestly, I used to do a lot of that. Now I'm worried about the confidence after a loss because kids these days are extremely fragile, whether that's right or not, and that we don't want the lack of confidence to go two or three games in a row. And so we really work on the, the mental approach after a loss. Well, you see that with this Indiana team. On the road, when adversity hits, they stop playing and they can't handle that adversity. That is a tough, tough thing. Does Archie need to fix it? Absolutely he needs to fix it. We grew up at a time where benching was the absolute best way to get people's attention. And it still might be. Um, but there is that double sword that if, if Devontae feels disrespected, now you have him for eight games left with no chance of having a good game or a bad game. And if we're okay with that, then you got to do something to not play him at all. Uh, but then you got to live with uh, maybe someone in the locker room who is really, really, um, really, really cashed it in. It, um, See, so team so here's, chemistry here, here's what I would up. say
0: to that. I mean, that is a great point. And this is to get back to your point where coaches have to be good at psychology they also have to be good at selling their ideas and selling the moves that they make. So, I mean, if you pull a guy off and, you know, you know, say Devontae is just not playing hard. Devontae, we have two minutes left in this game. You are a good basketball player. I am not going to let you embarrass yourself by playing like this over the final two minutes. So if you don't want to be out there and play hard, we're going to let the other guys play. Because you should not be putting Jared, that on film.
1: You'll know, find a way respect, to reach your guy. That's That's what you want from Jared. Or that's what you want from Coach. Um, we don't know that he's not well, doing that in film session. Yeah, yeah. We don't Go know ahead. that he's, he's ripping that guy. Now, I have heard that he has tried to be too much of a player's coach, so I will give that to, to everyone who's on the anti-Archie Miller, and it kind of shows that that might be. He got a mix of players and tried to make sure that everyone was happy and cohesive, but he said in Evansville, this team's got to buy in and fight for minutes, and they got to be okay with limited minutes. So that sent to me that – You know, yeah, if this team's together, they're going to be okay. So my point is we want things as fans and we're not wrong because all of what you said is a right way and a way to get that message across. We don't know, you know, what's going on um, in in other places to say that it's definitely the only thing that can happen. And when he's not doing it, he's not being a good coach. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough.
0: That
2: is true. That is true. Here's what I want to say you can criticize and critique Archie Miller and not be anti-Archie Miller. And I think that we all know. that. Yeah, correct. So I'm going to critique and criticize when I see something because of how I
1: feel about it. But he's not getting the job done. I mean, that, that's yeah. true. And look, Archie Miller's on the gonna, road. Like,
2: I know there are people, and and I deal with this in my Twitter timeline all the time. I'll I'll, I'll tweet something. I'll be like, ah, Archie's the wrong guy for IU. He's be gone in two months. His boss is leaving. He's Archie's going to be here, guys. Regardless of whether or not you want it, he's going to be here for a couple more years. I mean, look and at his and he contract. should be. I mean, he's done well, enough yeah. to earn that. Yeah. You know, but look at his look at his contract and tell me where they're going to get out of that. Like, honestly, go look. It's financially impossible for Indiana to get rid of Archie Miller next year. That's not a criticism. I'm just saying that if you're on that train that Archie needs to go, you're going to be disappointed. Here's what I will say. And I wanted to chime in while you guys were talking, but that discussion was really good is that that game was tied at halftime. Indiana was doing what they needed to do, what it needed to do in the first half. Now Penn state wasn't playing great. Indiana wasn't playing great. Indiana had foul trouble. They didn't have the guys in the game. They wanted to get in the game. But they were tied at halftime and wound up getting smoked. That's a problem. The problem is you had uh, Penn State adjusted, did whatever it did to hurt Indiana's offense, and Indiana wilted under that pressure. That's a problem for everybody involved in the program, that you weren't tough enough to get through whatever Penn State was doing. Because physically, from a talent standpoint, there's no reason – that should not have been a good game down to the wire on the road, even though it was on the road. And, so and the even fact, without race and Jerome, that upped the degree of
0: difficulty, ab- but still absolutely. no reason. Yeah.
2: Those two teams were tied at halftime and only tied at halftime because Indiana gave up a late bucket. They shouldn't have given up. So, I mean, you know, they were they were playing yeah. OK and they came out well. They started very well. They were intense. They weren't making shots, but they were intense and they were in the game. The announcers kept talking about it and I'm sitting there and rarely agree with BTN's announcers. I was with them. I thought Indiana was focused. I thought they were locked in at least defensively. And that second half was a joke from Indiana. It has to be better and that's on on everybody.
0: So here's the last question that I'll ask, Coach, because I agree with you and you do have, you know, you have to try and deal with people as individuals. And Archie, you know, he's got to try and make the most out of this season because he's got to keep some positive momentum going and find a way to make the NCAA tournament this year while also keeping an eye toward a few fu- toward the future. So I guess my question is, and I know there's no perfect answer for it, at what point do you just have to draw a line and sacrifice I don't want to say sacrifice a player, but you know, make an example or say, Look, I'm just I'm not going past this. I want this to work out with you. And I'm not saying any of the guys are there yet either, but like where how do you know that as a coach when that's the line? Because you have to have a line in the sands, you know, something that your program is built on that you're not going to let it go past that. And gosh, we've seen a lot of these stretches of that kind of play. It would seem like we have to be getting close to that.
1: Two things. When you when you think the person is definitely an absolute detriment every time he steps on the on the court, then you're going to have to not play him. Um And the other thing was there were four guards and a forward that were playing casual. So the bench, yes, that's where your comment of bringing the walk arms on, but you know, Indiana gave up a seven Oh run in a minute 15 in this game of basketball right now. Uh, momentum can shift like that with a couple of steals and threes on the break. And, and so, you know, maybe at the four minute mark or the three-thirty mark was when that game was 18 and probably over. Um, we you just gotta be careful about that. Um, it, there there's just, again, I don't know what's right, Jared, uh, because benching for, for I've used the bench a lot as a coach and for right, the right people, it works for other people. It, it causes even more problems, uh, than, than you wanted, um, but we all thought Devontae needed to be a top scorer. I mean, in, in the mediocre polls of the year, we all said, <laughs> I think we took, um, you know, Devontae. And he just has not been that. And so if you're willing to say that can never show up, even if it wins one game or two games. Uh, and I think the, the minutes played of 13, 14, and 15 are perfect for him if he's not going to bring it uh, and then, you know, um, rest the other kids. But if, if it is a problem, the line is he doesn't play anymore. And and now you're down to three guards. And I just think that um that that, that has to be a last ditch situation. I saw people say take yeah. his captainship away, uh take his scholarship away. That you're you're getting into really tough future problems if you take such a drastic turn because no. of his of his poor play. Um
2: that would kill recruiting, by the way. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. No, you can't, absolutely. So like,
0: yeah, that's you, that's, you that's can't, stupid. no, you can't do that. And again, I don't know what the solution is. I just know my worry is just, you know, are we building the foundation for the way Archie wants to play? Because it doesn't okay. feel like what we thought it was going to be three years ago, you know?
1: We – um, uh, it, it, total different levels. I always say that because I don't want to act like I know what goes on in college. But we're in the third year of building our culture. We finally got tough guys. We had guys we had to play in years before – uh, that that didn't meet that. And we just had to play them if we had a chance for the guys who we knew were going to be culture guys to get some success and get some wins. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so how long? I, I don't know. Is it three years, four years? what's fair, right? um, To, to, to say Uh, the thing I put in the community, I really stumbled across of if we honestly took a poll of the players that we were most frustrated with and the players that we are really proud of and, and enjoy playing, whether they're TJD or Jerome Hunter or race, which I think most people enjoy, there is a, there is a easy divide between upperclassmen and underclassmen and six of the seven recruits in the last two years i think would fall into categories for most of the chat mob and most of us that we really enjoy seeing play and i think that's that's something i'm trying to remember too and, and get away from my frustrations of i uh, get that guy out of there and we all scream at the tv get him out of the lineup get him. i have for 50 years uh, i'm just trying to be you, you, and i'll say this to you guys and i mean it you guys when i found the show you guys really calmed me down as a fan and I stopped yelling, get him out of the lineup and all that anger. And I definitely don't do it on Twitter because these are young men and it's a young coach and, and all of that stuff. But we all do that. Uh, and, and that that's what we want to see. I just think it's – and I know from my experience it's really, really complicated. It's not just a Penn State game. It, it's the games before they played well. Then it's the next game. You don't want the yeah. Penn State loss to also cost you the Ohio State loss because you want to make a point. But there is a time when the line needs to be drawn. You're not incorrect. It's, you just better be sure because it could end up um, – if it doesn't work, there's no guarantee that that method would work as well.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we didn't – I don't think we uh, answered anything, but we, no, we, we, we asked the, the important, important questions.
1: We'd be making millions of dollars in coaching exactly. somewhere. Yeah, why aren't we doing the that? The three of us, you know. I think <laughs> let's just package it to the next NCA opening. <laughs> we know everything. We got the shot doctor. We got the motivational speaker in the middle. <laughs> The
2: three-headed monster coach, and then and, well, Andy. And, would, and then Jared and, would. To, Jared would totally be the players' coach. Andy be over with his head in the analytics book somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> It'd be a great staff.
2: Uh, all right. Uh, coming up in our
0: third segment, we're going to answer your questions. We will talk about Rob Finnessy. Uh We'll assess what Indiana needs to do from here on out to feel good about making the tournament. Uh, and talk a little bit about what we see coming up in the Big Ten. So stick with us here on the Assembly Call. That is next.
2: This is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an Open 3, and I never miss an episode of the Assembly Call. Go Hoosiers.
0: Welcome back to the Assembly Call. Thank you, James. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. Remember to subscribe to our email newsletter that we send out every week and uh, after every game. Text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. Uh, and guys, let's hit up a few mailback questions here with the few minutes that we have left. All of these questions submitted via our private IU Basketball Discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com slash community. Uh, coach from Jim Tom Hoosier, what do you think we still need to do to make the tournament? How confident are you that we can get it done?
1: Uh, I, I'm confident. I think 20 is an automatic uh, no worry on selection day. I think 18 and 19, and and depending on what games you win, with the strength of the Big Ten, Makes you really nervous on uh, on uh, selection Sunday. The bubble's awful, uh, everyone listening. I mean, there are teams bad. when we got an 11 and 10 team as the first team out. Um, so there, there's some room. At Purdue? I want to get there. Yeah. Purdue and Minnesota are first teams out for us. Um, just too many losses. So you don't want to get 12, 13, 14. Last year, a lot of 13 lost teams made it in. Yeah. Um, but uh, And the last 10 don't count. So, it's, so I, I think we're pretty safe unless the wheels just totally implode
0: yeah uh okay ryan this is from bill is rob Finissy still struggling from the assortment of injuries that he's had this year or is it a sophomore slump maybe not having romeo being the focus of the defense
2: yeah adds, no do I, I don't think i don't think it's a sophomore slump i think he's just had such a disjointed season and and um he's also this year had to take on a lot of responsibility when he has been out there and i think that we've seen it where in some games, he's really good. And, and, but I, I, we've been told repeatedly, and there's no reason not to believe this, that he's not going to be 100% all year. And that will cause problems for you. you know, if you, When you're injured, you don't have the confidence you do when you're healthy. And, and so you never will because you're just aware of the fact that you're injured. And so I think that until he's fully healthy, it's hard to judge Rob super harshly. He has not played well a lot of times this year, and it's not the guy that we were expecting this year. We were expecting the team to be lifted up, you know, lifted up by his improvement. That hasn't happened this year, but there have been games where you say, oh, yeah, there's Rob Finnessy. That's, that's the guy we were expecting, and he's been key to a lot of good wins. So you really just hope that he keeps getting better as the year goes on. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a struggle this year. And I'm sure that not having Romeo take all, you know, him being a focal point of the defense does have something to do with it. But, you know, I'm Trace Jackson Davis is still there, you know, and he's going to get all the attention and the post guys are going to get all the attention. So I'm not really that worried about that aspect of it. I just think he's not healthy.
0: God, I miss having a guy on the wing that can go create a shot and get into the lane. <laughs> oh, yeah? Would that be
2: helpful to this team, you think? <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe just a little bit. Um, let's see. Coach, this one's definitely for you from Bill. How much of the success of Joey, Trace, and Duran is the result of Mike Roberts being on the staff?
1: I have a um, mad crush on Coach Roberts. <laughs> Man, I was three feet away from him <laughs> Sunday. I was down there, and they they held me up, and I was just fantastically enthused to see that greatness walk by. So absolutely all they just they need to turn him loose on the rest of the team on and the casualness will go away i don't know why i have a mad crush i like i like his intensity uh i know he's trying go coach roberts
0: valentine's day message from the assembly call find someone that speaks about you like coach speaks about mike roberts just
1: (laughs) he's good looking too not you know all
0: right that's it's gone too far that's (laughs) That's enough that's That's enough out of you mute him mute him Um. let's see Ryan I wanted to add one more okay from Patrick are our shooting problems due to player skill scheme or lack of execution of the current offense Got I think, I think all,
2: all three I think that I see a lot of bad footwork I see a lot of bad technique on releases and things like that where they're just not honed in the way they should be and then there's also issues with scheme, spreading the floor but you know somebody who can reliably knock down shots opens up the floor a whole lot um, but I think that you just see a little bit of everything in there and and um i think we need to be better at player development we need to be better at the skills development and we also need to be better at making sure that those shooters find time to get their shots off
0: and just keep jerome on the court because i think he's going to start making some shots i do (laughs) i really do uh okay that's it we're done no more questions That's going to have to do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for, for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you again Saturday after IU Ohio State. Until then.
1: Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers.
2: Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you.
1: Here I come. This is done, Sony. Still funny. <laughs> How much longer, man? <laughs> well, how much longer we there are a couple drops.
2: That? There are a couple drops I don't want in that. I think Man, I think at the end of the year we should each get to pick one to remove.
1: My my oldest son listens to the podcast on the way to work every Friday. <laughs> and he tried to share it with some of his coworkers, and there is his dad saying, Come on, Mrs. Time. You know how awkward that is
2: End of the season, Coach. We'll let you take that one out. I think that's fair. We each get one undue. Hey, if if there
1: is ever a drop that
0: makes you guys uncomfortable let me know, and I'll you use it wide out.
2: I think we should get one wide out at the end of each
0: no, no. season. <laughs> if, if one ever makes you uncomfortable, let me know, and I'll take it out.
1: No, uh, I, I'm I'll just, take it out. I'm teasing. Mrs. Coach just laughs at me and shakes her head and <laughs> well, hands my, me the to-do list.
2: My uh, girlfriend has been super nice to like wait for me for dinner, and I believe she's starving and hates me now. <laughs> All right, tell,
0: tell her we said hi. Tell her we're looking forward to meeting her.
2: I will. And she's looking forward to meeting her. Make everybody. sure
0: she packs properly.
2: Yeah, we will. Don't worry. I'll help her. Long sleeve um, t-shirts. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. I'll talk Everyone to you Saturday. Yep. See you guys Saturday.
0: All right. Uh coach, you want to run through these last few questions real quick? Sure. <clears throat> um Okay, so here's a fun one. This is from JD. I didn't I was gonna do this, but we didn't have time to do it. Um is this still recording? Yeah, it's still recording. Okay, good. Um Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, from JD. We are about halfway through the Big Ten season. Buy, sell, or hold on where each team is ranked in the current league standings compared to where they will finish at the end of the season. I started going through the top of the Big Ten standings, and I'm like, sell, sell, sell. But then I'm like, well, wait a second. Someone has to jump up and take their spot because, <laughs> like, no Big Ten team seems good enough to be like second or third. Like Illinois and Rutgers do not seem like you know second, third place Big Ten teams. I don't buy Iowa because they always fade. But yet, if you're not going to buy them, then you're Maryland, Penn State. Like, Who do you feel comfortable with coming up and taking their spot? So I am going to struggle with this, but you may have a better idea than I do. So uh, Michigan State, I think we're both buying them, right?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Best team in in the league by far.
0: So with Illinois, I think I'm buying Illinois. They've got experienced guards. They've got DeSumo that can go get you a bucket. They've got some good bigs. I, I mean, I don't know, and I, I, I mean, I guess to answer this question, you got to be buying them in second place.
1: I don't. Yeah, I, there's no
0: one else I feel more confident in right now.
1: They're they're eight and two, and I saw them live uh, at Purdue, and I got um, the stuff from. Um... Uh, Delphi Bracketology I got media credentials they are just really playing well uh, yeah. now that can turn on a dime you know with it with the buy or sell thing here but they they really seem to be tough uh and they have the pieces they have really good inside game Desumu is a closer uh and Fraser when he's hitting threes can really stretch the floor and then they just got a bunch of tough dudes on the wings and um really yeah. really love reading about coach Underwood and, and the changes he made He brought the NBA guys in and um that, that's I don't root for anyone in the big Ten maybe until the tournament um, but boy they're fun to watch and and I just one of the things I like about media access for our kids is just listening to the coach so as a coach for me I get firsthand knowledge I can read their body language I can see uh, the players and even though all that's available uh, you get to see some different things and and boy he, he does a nice job so I, I'm buying them I think Rutgers and Iowa um, I, I'm gonna say Iowa to fade more than Rutgers I think Rutgers defense. Uh, for some reason, I just think it's going to be their year. They play a lot of road
0: games. I think they've got six road well, games left and there you only go. four at home.
1: Uh, Iowa, Penn State. Uh, so, okay, it, so I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm buying Maryland to move up. I think Michigan State, Illinois, and Maryland are the three best teams. Iowa, until yeah. they prove that they can make it through a February and March without fading in the Big Ten. Now, their defense is better this year, so they might be more well-equipped to do it, but I just don't trust them. Um,
1: Correct. I would be right there with you.
0: But then, you know, that you know, you start looking I mean of all the teams so okay, so you've got Maryland or uh Maryland in fifth right now, Penn State in sixth, you know, and then you start looking at, okay, of all the rest of the teams, how does Indiana stack up? Do you feel better about Wisconsin than Indiana? I don't, with some of the turmoil that they have right now. Right. I would take Indiana um, over Wisconsin. Would you take Minnesota I, I, over Indiana? I wouldn't.
1: Here's here's the teams I think will move up, and I know we're trying to we're trying to say buy or sell. Um i wouldn 't be surprised to see Ohio State and Michigan correct their run and make a run in the other direction because I, I i don't think because you just lose four in a row you 're automatically bad for a long period of time. Penn State lost three in a row yeah they they've turned it around and won three in a row again um, they, they, they got to get
0: healthy both those teams yeah. you know now carton by the way carton apparently he's like stepping away from the program for mental health issues I really? saw yeah so i don't i don't have details on this. Um, but, but and Jeff, not to, not, to,
1: it, not to relive what we just got done talking, but there's a, there's an example of, there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on with these young people this day that it's not just, you know, you and I used to, if we got yelled at and got on end line, boy, we didn't want that to happen again. And, and, yeah. and there was some innate toughness. Um, uh, and these kids are special. They're good people. I'm not trying to bet, but it's, it's, I see it in the classroom, Jared, every day. Um, and, um doesn't make them bad people but they are a lot different learners and yeah. and ath- and athletes. No,
0: and that I mean that has to be taken into account. I mean I you know I know in my own mind I approach all of these conversations and assessments knowing that I only know about 5%. <laughs> you know, so you know we're on here to talk and kind of give opinions and we want to be as definitive as we can be, but you never know what's going on in the locker room with individual guys, you know, and so whatever he's uh Whatever he's going through, I yeah, hope let's let's hope
1: he gets okay, and and that's nothing to to be happy. That yeah, he's not playing. No, he's, he's a, you know,
0: no, I you know, Michigan. I still i I don't trust a first year coach in this league going down the stretch. I think that I mean they've got uh, Xavier Simpson, so that helps. But I
1: here's the thing I'm looking forward to. He he doesn't he doesn't take points away from the star player. He just lets the star player go off. So TJD bet bet the over on TJD scoring points. Um, yeah, they can't guard
0: game. anybody in the post.
1: They, they, yeah, they they just don't. And Garza's gone off for forty some and all of that. Uh, so that yeah, that's what I said. Indiana can beat every team left on their schedule because they don't have Michigan State. They don't have Maryland. Illinois will be tough on the road. I, I will be in attendance at that game. Uh, I got my my guy who gets media credentials just emails every school in the country. I think uh, if if we had flight vouchers, we'd be <laughs> flying to. UCLA, but, um, yeah, I, I think every other team on the roster, I don't mind playing, uh, if we're playing more towards the ceiling, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there's no reason that Indiana can't finish right where they are in seventh, you know,
1: five, uh, 10 and 10 would be a really good season. I know we don't want to accept losses and, 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 and it would
0: be we, a good season
1: for this team. Yes. Yes. And, and stepping stone for the program, yes. um, to, 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 and then from there on out, the bottom of where you want to be is a 8, 9, 10 seed at worst, and you want to be in competition for the highest. Yep. I okay, agree.
0: so we kind of went through that. <laughs> uh,
1: then well, think- it's, just, it's just like the standard Jared. I Here's a bunch of teams we could <laughs> buy, sell, sell, hold, pick them out of a hat.
0: Yes. Um, Big
1: 10 2020,
0: And then Nebraska and Northwestern are down at the bottom, Uh, except for Seth Davis, who thinks Nebraska could possibly win the Big Ten tournament. Um, I know he said that in jest. That's bad. I know. He was kidding, but he's. we don't need to talk about that. Um, Okay, so Michael said, what does the Big Ten history show compared to the number of road losses that we've seen this year? Always been tough to win on, uh, on the road in the Big Ten, but this year seems different. We had uh, Max said, Why are Big Ten teams so otherworldly good at home this year? So here's what I would say about this the way that that started, where it was like 41 and six or whatever for home teams, was a statistical outlier and was pretty much presented as that at the time because I don't know. I think the highest conference had been. Like in the mid 70s was the highest, uh, you know, and that was, you know, like a small conference many years ago, was the highest that home teams had ever done in terms of winning percentage. So it was always going to regress back toward the mean, and it has. You know, I don't know what the percentage is now, but you've seen a lot more road games um, be won. That said, the percentage is still pretty high. Do you have hypotheses for, you know, for why it it seems so much more difficult this year? I mean, to me, I think part of it is that. You just have a lot of good teams. Like there are no, there aren't a lot of great teams. And if you're going to go win on the road repeatedly in this conference, you got to have great teams with really good guards and you know experienced teams that have played together. And you just don't have a lot of that. So you've got teams that are good enough at home when they're jumping and the arena's going and they're feeling good about themselves. They can run another good team out of the gym. But I just don't think you have enough teams that can really go in on the road consistently and play the way you need to play to beat even a mediocre team in their home gym. And the Big Ten has some of the most intimidating venues in the country. So to me, it's kind of a, a mixture of all that stuff.
1: Yeah, there, there's no top-heavy uh, tier of teams in, in the Big Ten. There's not real top-heavy tiers of players. Cassius Winston is really good, but he's a four-year really good player. Uh, the, the, there's no influx of major NBA super talent um when when you look at at any of the teams there's players who are going to play in the NBA but um none that are just wow uh it's going to be hard to beat them no matter where they play uh and i think that's happening in college basketball there's been a lot of podcasts about you know the one and duns and the G league and people leaving and uh you see wiseman leaving uh for for the pros there's just a lot of issues i for one just an old man traditionalist i kind of like it because you know uh if you want to go to the NBA, go to the NBA and let's just have college basketball back being where it is. Sad to have maybe not the best talent come in for a year or two. I I understand that, but this parody makes it, makes it really good. You turn on a DePaul versus Xavier game at Xavier and it's not a 30 point blowout. It's a, it's a game to watch. It makes bracketology a living nightmare for, for our group. But, um, you know,
0: Hey, your number uh, one seeds this year are going to be Gonzaga, San Diego state and Dayton. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, so uh, it, it, it's, but it, I, I think for the college game, if you're just a college purist, I think it's great. Yeah, um, it, it's not uh, just two teams beating up on everybody, um, and it's a lot better in the Big Ten than it is in the ACC, where only three teams are in our bracket right now, and, oh, yeah. and uh, other conferences where you know they're they're not good teams, and there's a lot of not good teams. So, um. But yeah, the big 10 is just a really tough, there's some good coaches and I, and I know every program hates their coach, but (laughs) um, you know, there's some good coaches in in this league that some have had some success. Some haven't, Um, you know, you can say what you want about personalities and everything, but these guys can coach. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm biased towards coaches, but um, I think Chris Collins is a heck of a coach. He doesn't have the Jimmies and the Joes. Uh, Maybe he's not a great recruiter and that'll end up being his downfall. Um, You know, I, you know, Greg Gard, I don't like the style of play, and there's some issues now with Kobe King, but, you know, he's done a remarkable job taking over for Bo Ryan, and when Bo Ryan was in, I mean, you go right down the list. Uh, Matt Painter, I think, is one of the best coaches in the country, and his team's struggling. So, um, that's fun to watch for me because um, I just I just really enjoy the the head-to-head ma- matchups with, with coaches.
0: Yep. Uh, okay, a couple more real quick from Patrick. We've gotten a few of these. How should we start looking at the Big Ten in terms of teams that we need to lose or win to improve our tourney odds? Are you are you even looking at that yet?
1: Yep, because I I had the our uh, spreadsheet up because I knew there was going to be a, a question for it. Right now, Indiana is you know, on our list is seated right around um, Rutgers, seven uh, eight seed line. Um, we we've had them as a seven for the most part. I just moved them down to an eight because other teams won. But uh, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, our teams below um, are right around uh, Indiana right now. Wisconsin is falling below. So yeah, I start rooting against those teams. And if if the Michigan State's, Maryland's, and 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 Illinois can go on runs, that's gonna that's gonna help us regardless of what what happens. So you want to stay against them, and as well for our Indiana fans. Um, Andy's the best bracketologist. I will always say that because he gave me the start. So go to inside the hall and look at his stuff. But if you need a second opinion, come to <laughs> com. Only when you don't trust Andy or you want a second opinion. But we, we have brackets up twice a week. Um, and watch the teams that are below our, our seed list. You want Oklahoma to keep losing, Wichita State, St. Mary's. Get, get rid of those teams or keep those teams down and Indiana makes it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I root really hard now. <laughs> For, for those teams to, to keep losing. It's a breath of fresh air. Florida got beat. Yeah, all right. North Carolina State, yeah. <laughs> keep and losing if, on the bubble.
0: And if you need a third opinion, go to Mike DeCourcy at Fox. Yeah,
1: you know what? I tell you what, I have really, because of your work with Mike DiCorsi, really enjoyed his commentary. You know, when he said that Indiana's not committed to doing the right things, I think that that helped me see, too, that it's it's a combination of coach not holding them accountable, but it's also players need to be committed. He just makes some really good, Really, really good uh points. Yeah, he does.
0: Um, last one. Hi.
1: My wife just came in.
0: <laughs>
1: so Ryan's girlfriend you want to say hi? No. Took him away. Now your wife comes <laughs> in. My wife just stays away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: Oh yeah. So this is from J D. Why hasn't the program hired a motivational teacher to help the coaches on tools to motivate? Simple companies do it. Why not try it, and this can seem like kind of a ridiculous question, but the reason I wanted to ask it, yeah, and look, and we don't know like who's been brought in what kind of training they do, I do hope, and i don't know you know what they do, but I do hope that the coaches are you know going out in the off season and whether it's learning from other coaches, going to seminars with leadership, like whatever it is there 's always ways to expand your horizons and find something new. And so I don't know what's being done, but I think JD, you know, does bring him in something interesting just in terms of expanding those horizons and finding new perspectives. Cause like we talked about, you know, whether it's how to reach a guy or, you know, the psychology of it, all that stuff, the more that you can learn, the more tools that you have in your tool belt, it's only going to help you as you encounter more situations. So hopefully that's something that is part of the staff's process.
1: I, I have very, I'll tell you any, any good coach reads um, reads and asks good questions and, and studies, not only the X's and O's, but, but the psychology of the game. Uh, my bookshelf has a ton of leadership. Uh, and again, it doesn't mean that I've always done the, the correct thing, but, uh, a good coach is thirsty to make sure they're getting better for the young men that they lead for the program that they lead. And I would hope that Archie and staff are, are doing some of that. Um, it gets a little tricky, um, when you hire a coach to do that throughout the whole season, bringing in a speaker, uh, coaches do that all the time. Uh, I know uh, my son's at Indiana State as a manager; they have speakers and former players come in trying to get that mental edge. Um,
0: I think that's. A, I think it's overrated for the team.
1: Yeah, like the way um, that I read JD's
0: question was for the staff, for the coaches. Oh,
1: to, to coach the. Yeah, because he
0: said, "Why hasn't the program hired a motivation teacher to help the coaches on tools uh, okay. to motivate?" Well, that one.
1: One, there's only so many spots available. You yeah. have to finagle it like you do what Derek Elston's old spot was, I think was a, a finagled thing. There's there's NCA rules on how many coaches you can pay, how many can be on there. Uh, and that's always probably going to go to basketball operations and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that's a bad option. Uh, I think there's just some structural things that prevent hiring too many you know someone to come in and fix the shooting for the team someone to come in and fix the the mental approach for the coach um but i do think they you try to go to clinics you hear other psychologists talk uh sports psychologists sports trainers uh, and go listen to them uh podcasts you know again um they ought to be doing that themselves instead of having someone tell them that because that's how you uh you know the thinker's notebook i mean there's just really hey. good good things out there to help you uh help you improve.
0: The assembly call don't yeah. Ar- Archie <laughs> don't listen to segment 2 <laughs> of, this, of this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um hey, you know what? We should all be improving ourselves. Yeah. getting better. So. Not um, a
1: bad idea, JD. Not a bad idea, but I just think it's probably not going to happen.
0: Chris says, I'm not blaming coach or individual players, but why is it so freaking hard to win at this program? It's Indiana. Do you, want, do you want to tackle this now or for the offseason?
1: Well, I, I think the quick question is we're just in a bad break, run of bad breaks. And whether that's self-imploding bad breaks or you know or self-inflicted, whatever the right word is, we're just having bad breaks from injuries to um, guys not playing through tough second halves to – I don't know what it just seems like we're in a bad run. And, and you know, to be fair, to, and,
0: to be fair, we've gotten some good breaks. You know, the end of the Michigan State game and some of the close games that we've won. You know, those were some good breaks. And but I think, yeah, and, but generally, you're right with some of the injuries that this team has dealt with. And and
1: the, you know, the and, losses on recruits uh, coming down second, it just stinks to be second. You know, because you get yeah. your hopes up and, and and the whole Garcia thing. Everyone was fired up and 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 it. it We've just had some tough situations. Um and I just I'd just like to see it um change. Obviously.
0: Agreed. Agreed. All right, coach. Good work tonight as always. We'll I appreciate uh, it. Shoot, we're what, nine days away from having dinner at Little Zagreb.
1: What what uh do you do you have a time or you want to send it to me or I don't know if you wanna
0: to- did I not send you the time for dinner?
1: I don't know if you did or not. Oh,
0: it's uh, Friday at 7, I believe.
1: Okay. I just need to know departure time for us here yep. in, in Delphi and get to, uh, you know, get down there. But uh, Mrs. Tonsoni, I'll chase her around. To
0: chase her around. The <laughs> little quad. Zagreb.
1: Little Zagreb's <laughs> down to Kirkwood.
0: she chase <laughs> her all around Bloomington.
1: <laughs> through the sample gates. <laughs>
0: And then you're gonna have to uh, no. pester you have to pester Ryan's mom. Can
1: your mom bring some tiramisu? Absolutely. Um No, um Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We we just uh, Amy just said during dinner tonight that we're getting real close and and we're spending the whole weekend down there Friday night and Saturday night and it's always good. Uh, it is always good everyone in the chat mob for people who uh who stop by and say hello at whether it's at the tailgate, a baseball game or wherever. Um it it's really cool. RC the MC is a, a guy who teaches and and raps from Evansville. We're going to try to make a we're going to try to coordinate and make a Is he going to be there? Song. Yeah, I think he's going to be there and at some That's point in awesome. the spring we're going to try to try to make an Indiana Hoop um montage uh, rap song. So <laughs> it's
2: <laughs> I mean, the number great. of people
1: it, it is just you know this cuz you've done this from from uh, 2011 and when you you know people reach out to you and everything man, people at our games, high school games come up and guys wearing the chat mob shirt and assembly call shirts and waving to me. I don't even know who they are. It's, it's like, it's totally under, I don't know. It's crazy. But um, thank you to all the chat mob. That's something too, to remember when, when times are tough, how awesome this, this community is and the people in, in the community too. If you're not in the community, the online community, that's fantastic too. A lot of good comments. Um, a lot of good place to vent right, for, for some people and everything, but, um, like, you know, Jeff Marlowe, I just saw pop in and, and he, he does some good things in there. Uh, a good coach as well uh, of the game here in the state of Indiana. So no, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to next weekend. I told I told the basketball coach, I had no, no scouting Friday or Saturday, <laughs> no practice. Nope. You're on, you're on your own.
0: You're on vacation.
1: If we win Saturday, we will be 10 in a row, Jared. So, you know, we don't need to practice on Saturday.
0: <laughs> Getting overconfident. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for being here live. Thank you for listening Thanks. on the podcast. And hopefully we'll see a lot of you on Saturday. Let us know if you're going to be there. Uh, see you at the game. See you at Switchyard. Let's celebrate an IU victory. But before that, we got to go win Saturday. So let's beat Ohio State. Talk to you guys on the postgame show.